Uh, good morning. Uh, how many times in your life have you said, I should have known? Oh, my goodness, I should have known. So uh, in between services, uh, I have an illustration that I'm going to bring later. It has to do with the sledgehammer. In between services, I grabbed the sledgehammer. I got the dirt all over my shirt, and I tried to clean it off, which made it smudge everywhere else. I should have known. Right? <laughs> I should have known. Like, things like that happen. I, what was I thinking? Why didn't I prepare ahead of time? Why didn't I have it in place? Why didn't I? I oh, man, I, I should have known. And so most of the things we say I should have known about are a little bit bigger than a dirty shirt and uh, moving forward from there. Oh, by the way, I know what you're thinking. Why don't you just take the shirt off? You wouldn't have been able to handle it. <laughs> so, so we walk through our lives, right? We walk through our lives and, and we find ourselves kind of a time and a time and a time and again going, man, I, sh- I should have I known. The other experience that maybe you've had is the people around you are watching you and you're telling them the story and maybe you don't know it, but in their head they're going, you should have known. Or you have people around you telling you stories about what's happened in their life and you're going, yeah, you should have known. Like, it's kind of obvious that this was going to happen. It was kind of obvious that you were going to end up in this place. It's predicting the future. In reverse. It's going, okay, now that I see that this has happened, I really should have been able to predict the future. I should have known what was about to happen and where I was headed and and what was going on. You should have known. And so uh, this morning, we're going to begin to work through that principle. And uh, we're going to spend about four weeks on it. And we're going to work on this idea of can you... Can you develop the ability to predict your future, to see what's happening next? For those of you who uh, are thinking, okay, after four weeks, I'm going to be able to go into gambling and make the fortune, we're not going to focus on that particular area, area of life. And so um, as we jump into this, we're going to uh, introduce you to the idea of what a principle is. It's called the principle of the path. Um, this is, uh, this uh, series is actually originally done by a guy named Andy Stanley. He even wrote a book called The Principle of the Path. Uh, go on Amazon, you'll be able to pick that up and follow through these, this idea that we're, that we're talking about. And so uh, this principle, um, or interacting with the principle of the path, first thing I'm going to teach you, and I'm, we're going to spend about seven minutes on this, and for some of you... This is going to be not the first time you heard these words, but maybe the first time you get how a principle works and how it interacts with your life or how that you interact with that, with that principle. And as we do, if you just listen for that seven minutes, it may be worth, it will be, it'll be worth your time to be able to be here this morning. You're going to be able to take that home and do something with it. Maybe understand the world better as, as you see that happen. Um. The bad news is that uh, most personal problems cannot be fixed. And this is bad news. Most personal problems cannot be fixed. You already know this, but you you may not have recognized it. When you have lied and created a personal problem, you're like, how do I fix it? How do I fix it? I need to be able to get a fix. You're looking for someplace, somewhere that you would be able to get the, how do you fix the fact that I lied and I broke trust with all these people? 
Most personal problems actually can't be fixed. You can't go back as if it never happened before. When I break trust, when I get involved in a relationship with someone that is very unhealthy for me to be involved in, when I give myself over to an activity that becomes addictive to me, most personal problems can't be fixed. They have huge implications. They impact our lives in huge ways. And we're like, well, there's got to be a way to fix this, right? We can fix this, right? A computer, you can fix. It breaks, you take it to them, they take this out, they put this in, and you go, it's as good as new. When you get in a car accident, they can literally take the car, it's all beat up, it's a mess, they can take the car, take this part out, take this part out, put in new parts, and they can make it. Sometimes you get the car back and you're like, wait a minute, it's better. This is, my car's better than it was before. Some of you have cars that you drive in such a way that someone will hit you because you want a new car. Right? I want a new car. Because they do what? They tear it all apart. They put it back together. They fix it. And it's better than before. That's not true for personal problems. Not most. That's our problem. And as we work through this process, we're going to be working on that problem. The good news is, most personal problems can be avoided. Most personal problems can be avoided. There are paths that we take that end up leading to devastation. There's the ability, you have the ability to avoid personal problems, to see, wait a minute, I know where this is headed. I need to take a different direction. I need to take a different path. They can be avoided. As a matter of fact, in many of our situations, in many of the problems that we have created in our lives or have come into our lives, we actually did see it a little bit ahead of time before it happened, but we brushed it off. The people around you, the people that go, you, you should have known, they saw it. You have friends right now. You have family members right now, and you're watching them, and you're going, you need to do something to avoid what is coming right in front of you. What's that, the new GPS uh, that you can follow? It starts with a W. Amazing, right? 13 miles down the road, three accidents, one on the left-hand side, you'd be able to do this, right? What does that thing do? It goes, there's trouble ahead. You can avoid it. Take a different path, go in a different direction, which leads us to the principle of the path. But what's the, what's the principle? Well, how, how does this work out? Well, a principle is not a rule you follow. It is not a rule you follow. This, is, uh, this happens in parenting all the time. Um, so you, you, you become a parent and you're like, okay, how do you become a good parent? Tell me the rules. All right. So tell me what I do with my three-year-old who's having tantrums, right? Tell me the rules. All right. Well, you can do this, this, and this. You do those three things, and they will work for three weeks. And then he figures it out. And he's like, I don't care. I need a new set of rules. Because principles aren't rules. And rules don't, they don't really work in life. You've probably heard almost every new father says something this, to this degree of, his, of a newborn daughter. 
He's not, she's not going to date until she's 30. I'm going to buy a shotgun right now. <laughs> Is that going to lead to her being pure? Rules don't, they don't, it doesn't work that way. But it does follow you. The, the principle follows you. You don't take a principle and go, okay, I learned the principle, I understand it. I'm going to set it right here. You stay there. I'm going to go live my life. No, wherever you go, that principle follows you. A principle is not something that you apply, but it does apply to you. You don't learn about a principle and go, okay, I'm going to now put this principle into action by doing this. It's always in action. It's always at work. It's always true. You is not something you apply. It applies to you. A principle is not a law or rule you can break. This is the one that allowed me to understand how, this, how principles work. A principle is not a law or rule you can break. You don't go through life going, you know what? Am I going to break that principle or am I going to follow that principle? Am I going to break it? In other words, am I going to not do it and get away with it? No. But you can break, but it will break you. What do you mean? The principle of gravity is pretty simple. You jump off a cliff, you will fall and be broken. Look, look. Pastor Chris, I don't care what you say. I don't care what God says. I don't care what the guy next to me says. I am going to break that principle. I'm jumping. Okay. That principle is going to break you. It doesn't suspend. It works a little bit like this sledgehammer that I went and got. Simple, simple principle does tie into gravity. And the simple principle is this. When you drop heavy things, it hurts whatever it drops on. So, we could have all of you, every one of you, take your shoes off, uh, because some of you might have steel-toed shoes on, and if you do, I admire you, you're my kind of guy. Okay, so, so uh, you take your shoes off, and every one of you comes up here, and puts your foot, and we just drop it. Right? Any volunteers? Are there any exceptions? Is there anyone in here that could go, you know what? That principle doesn't apply to me. It doesn't work for me. I'm the exception. No exceptions, right? Because when it comes to principles, there's no exceptions. They apply equally to everyone. That's the seven minutes, right? So if you got that and you grabbed a hold of that and you can take that home with you, that, that's awesome. Just, uh, just go ahead and, and, and go at that or, or go with it. The, the next thing we're going to work through is how this then, how do we interact with, uh, with these principles? So the principle of the path and that's what we're going to talk to and introduce you to a little bit later in the message, but also throughout this entire series. The principle of the path is not a solution. It's not a solution. Now, this is a little bit difficult, especially in church, 
Because for the most part, we come to church for actual real answers. We need answers to our lives. So when something goes wrong in our life, we are looking for a solution. That's why we go to a doctor. That's why we do go get our computer fixed. That's why we do go get our car fixed. We, <clears throat> we drive in there and we expect them to give us something that solves the problem we're in so that when we drive out, it's, it's all fixed. The solution has been taken care of. A principle, the principle of the path is not a solution. Where we, where, as we interact with this, this idea of a, a solution, I also want you to understand that we get to where we should be the same way we get to where we should not be. Let it settle through. We get to where we should be the same way we get to where we should not be. We take a path. We take a direction. We set in direction. We go, okay, I'm going in this path. That's how I'm going to get there. So wherever you go, when you go from point A to point B, you take a path. And you either take a path that leads you to a place that you want to be, or you end up taking a path that takes you to a place you do not want to be. We want someone to fix us, to give us a fix, to give us the secret solution. Everybody uses, not everybody, but almost everybody in marketing at some point or another uses the secret solution. Uh, it seems like on the radio I hear the vitamin thing a lot, right? And so the vitamin thing is all about there's this secret. Like there's a secret vitamin. It's B3246 or whatever it happens to be for that week. And then they walk through about how it's a secret. The medi- they're trying to hide it from you in the medical world. And, and this one guy discovered it. Uh, there's one for melons and a beauty thing too. Like this guy in Italy grows these special secret melons. And if you just get this facial cream from these special secret melons, it'll fix now, this one's so bold, it says you will not get old, right? It's going to solve that problem. That's the solution. Well, this principle that we're talking about is not that. And I have a little bit of experience in terms of interacting with people who have problems. And when they come or you come, you're like, I want a problem with my marriage. I got a problem with my marriage. I need a solution You really want it to be that they tell you something and you can do that, it fixes it. It's fixed. It's interesting because people will interact with God's word and then they'll be like, "Um, oh yeah, I tried that program, it didn't work. I tried that and it, it didn't work. I tried that solution. You look at it as a fix. What we're talking about is not that. Why? Because personal problems really, they can't be fixed. It's not like there's a, a solution. It's not like a, a pill you can take. There's not a specific rule that you can follow. That you're like, okay, whew, it's done. We need to change directions, not a fix. You need to change the direction you're going in, not a fix. In your parenting, You don't need a new set of rules. There's a direction that you're headed in that is creating the problems that you have. 
There's a reason why you ended up where you ended up. In your marriage, there's a reasons why you ended up where you ended up. It's because of the path that you're on. It's the direction that you're taking. This next one, it's really key to, to what we're talking about, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna relate to this. We can live going in the wrong direction and be as happy as we've ever been. We can live going in the wrong direction and be as happy as we've ever been before being lost. What do you mean? When I first became a youth pastor, uh, we went on this uh, canoe trip, and there was a guy, he was in the military, and we had actually helped him out. He's like, I want to help you out, I want to help you out. And uh, This was in the South. This was in, I lived in Alabama, we took the trip in Mississippi, and <clears throat> Uh, he said, look, I can get you free canoes. I said, oh, that's awesome. So he said, we got this great, great river that we do it on. So there was like 35, 40 of us, about 35 of them were all teenagers. And so we're on the river and it was awesome. It was a beautiful summer day, which is Mississippi. They're almost all beautiful summer days if you're on the river because it's super hot. And so, but you could jump in the river anytime you wanted. And, and it, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. We were just having so much fun. And then uh, we found this rope swing. It was, it, was, it was a huge one. So you would go out and drop about 15 feet when you let go of the rope. It was a big swing. It was like a movie. It's, like, it's just a idyllic day. It was so much fun. It was a blast. Until it got dark. And we were still on the river. With water moccasins and alligators. And these little bugs along the shoreline that had two green dots on their back that looked just like eyes. And they're all along the side. And we're lost. Easily the third longest night of my life. I actually have other stories that are worse than this one. Now listen. During the day, when we're canoeing and having a blast, we're headed directly to a night that is horrible. And so would I ever do it again? No way. No way. Why? Because all of that fun actually masked the danger of where we were going. You don't measure whether or not you're on the right path or the wrong path based how awesome it is today. Many, many times, it can be the best time of your life. This is great. I've never been happier. I love this. Yeah, but the waterfall is about 100 yards away, and that's the direction you're headed. You see, we do not know you do not know, we do not know we're lost until it's too late. Now, how many of you have ever been lost in the woods? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Next week, bring your car because we're all going to the woods. You haven't lived until you've really been lost in the woods. But you haven't. 
and now you have GPS, you'll never get lost. Right? But you, you have experienced those times when you were going to a job interview. And this was it. This was the big one. And you got lost. You don't realize until it's too late that you're lost. It's too late. You're not going to make the job interview now. Yeah, I, now. I know I'm lost now, right, but I'm supposed to be there in five minutes, and I'm 35 minutes away. It's too late. I'm lost. But I don't know that. I don't know I'm lost. I'm just cruising along thinking everything's great. It seems normal. Other people head in this direction. All the information telling me that I'm going to be okay. But you're not going to be okay. You don't know when you get lost. And when you do find out, it's too late. So as we work through our lives, we can change. We can go after solutions. We can go after fixes. We can go after rules. But what really changes us is when we change direction. If you change directions, things will really change. See, they won't just change for today. They won't just change for tomorrow. They'll change in the future. They'll change for the rest of your life. It'll change where you end up. And anybody who's lived any length of time, even in junior high, you do realize that the awesome day that you had yesterday and how great life was yesterday, if you end up in the wrong place, that joy doesn't come with you. Fun doesn't come with you. Like, I'm in a terrible place. I, I, I don't want to be here. Yeah, but you had so much fun yesterday. There's no joy in that. If you change directions, things will really change. Jesus, when he came, he, he gave this, this story to teach a lesson. We're going to walk through it. He says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, as for everyone who comes to me, hears my words and puts them into practice. So one of the things we want to just always make crystal clear, that uh, Skyline is not a religion. We are not a place that's designed to help you come, feel great during the worship, and really encourage during the service, and go home and wait for next week. If you're doing that, like you're missing the point. If you're doing it just for that reason, give a lot of money so the rest of us can do the other, the other stuff, right? You're missing the point. That's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to teach you how to live, not just so you could learn new things, but so you could put them into practice. You could do the things that he says. So he says, everybody does that. This is what you're like. I'll show you what you, they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house. The next thing, and actually a number of you actually struggle to read the Bible and understand it for this reason. The Bible is super realistic. It doesn't just teach you truth. 
It interacts with the world based on truth. So you know what the most foundational message of the Bible is? Life is hard. That's the most foundational message of the Bible. We live in the uh, positive world where everybody has to be positive about everything all the time. We have two Christian radio stations. What do they say all the time? Positive, 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 positive stories, positive. Everything's positive. You go to read your Bible and you're like, I don't fit. Because the Bible talks about the real world. And in the real world, life is hard. He says, and when the flood came and the torrent struck, so the three things we're going to identify as those today are temptation. You see, temptation is either something that you've just been through, you're in, or it's coming. Trouble. Trouble's coming. You get to be my age, and you've kind of managed things where you can stop causing all the trouble, as much trouble. It's still coming. You actually live in an age where people are teaching you that if you would live your life this way, you could stop the trouble from coming. No, you can't. It's, it's coming. And opportunities. Why do I throw in opportunities? Because this. What comes into your life is not actually what destroys your life. What comes into your life and happens to you is not actually what destroys your life. It's the way you react to it that destroys your life. That's why somebody can go through something horrible in their childhood, really bad, and somehow they end up developing a healthy life. And somebody else can go through something that's hard, but not nearly as horrible, but their life is destroyed. It's the way we respond to temptation and trouble and opportunity. Because for many of us, it's actually the opportunities that got you messed up. It was the opportunity where you took a path, where you said, you know what? I'm not going to listen to God's word. I'm not going to put it into practice at this moment. He says, the torrent struck the house, but could not shake it because it was well built. Took God's word, put it into my life, practice it. And then when the storm comes and the temptation comes and the opportunity comes, I responded based on what Jesus said was true. That's the path I took. When that happens, your house will stand. You won't have less trouble. You just won't lead, it won't lead to destruction. Your life won't fall apart because of what God says. He says, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice, I want to say it one more time, listening to God's word, you get no stars for that. I come to church, I go to church, counts for nothing. As a matter of fact, if you come to church and you ignore what God has to say, you're actually worse off than if you've ever never come. Now, if only two of you show up next week, I know what happened. <laughs> you're like, a, he's talking about me. I'm not coming back. 
But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Uh, and another, another one that says, built their house on the sand. Just think of yourself, there's the, there's the ocean, and right next to the ocean, right there on the beach, builds a house. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. The way it reacted, the way this guy reacted to trouble and temptation and opportunity was, he goes, you know what? God says this, that's an option. Um, my, my parents, my family, my tradition says this. My, wherever I come from says this. Uh, the latest experts of whatever's going on in your culture at that time, they say this. My friends say this. Hmm. And this will work out this way. This will work out. Uh, I think this will work out. I'll take C. But you know what else is true? If you go through that process and then you pick the Bible, you're still in serious trouble. Because if you approach life as though the Bible is just one of the options and you pick it a third of the time, your house is not going to stand. Why? Because you didn't build that as a foundation. The foundation is there's one option. What does God say? Because a house that's built one-third on the sand or two-thirds on, on the sand, it's still going to fall. You get fooled into thinking, I get points, don't I? Because the last time I did it God's way. But I'm not doing it that way this time. Be careful. You see, when the house falls, we can't wish our way back. When those problems hit and we react to them our way, we can't wish our way back. When your son is 17 years old and he's never learned to respect authority, you can't wish your way back. When you went out with that guy and you fell for him emotionally and you started having sex with him and then you fell for him even harder emotionally and now you're pregnant, the pregnancy is not the problem. But you're a single mom now. You can't wish your way back. You can't talk your way back. I have a daughter who loves to do that. We'll get into conversations. She'll talk about all the ways why it shouldn't be that way. Okay, nice. It is. It doesn't matter how logical that it shouldn't be that way. It is that way. And you can't pray your way back. A number of you have, in the past, at some point, walked away from God. Others of you are here, and you've walked away from God. And others of you are about ready to walk away from God. Because you followed a path that led to a place that was destructive. And now you're asking God to erase that. You're asking God to change your wife. And you're about ready to give up on God, because he won't do it. 
You're asking God to change that child into somebody different as if you didn't already raise them the way you did and you are ready to give up on God because he's not answering that question. You fell, you are now addicted to something because you took a path that led to that addiction. You're asking God to free you of that so you don't ever have to think about it again and, and he's not. You can't do that. Well, I heard this story. Yeah, there's sometimes that he does. But for the most part, no. You can't go back in time and change it. So, then we introduce the principle of the path. And the principle of the path is this. Your direction determines your destination. Your direction determines your destination. The direction you're presently on determines where you're going to end up. You are in many areas of your life. You are in your financial life, in your parenting life, in your marriage life, in your career life. You are on a path. You make the decisions you make based on that path. And that path determines, that direction of that path determines your destination. Uh, this week we're going back to Michigan for a um, graduation, and this is just a super simple principle. We're going to get on 80 West, and I'm going to end up in Michigan. Now, if I get on 80 East, how many times do I have to try and get there on 80 East to get to Michigan? A hundred times? There are no exceptions. It doesn't matter how many times. I get on 80 East. I'm going east. I'm going to end up in the ocean. Why? Because direction determines your destination. So, you have the ability to predict your future. Just recognize the path you're on. Actually, if you ask the person next to you, hey, in this part of my life, this is what I'm doing. Where do you think my destination is? Most people can tell you. It's not that hard. Uh, yeah, this is where you're going to end up. So what is your direction? Presently, as you wrestle with this, what is your direction? In your dating life, what's your direction? You headed toward, I'm, I am in the direction of becoming, the, becoming a godly person so I can meet a godly person. And the only person I'm interested in dating are godly people. I don't mean Christians. I don't mean Christians. There's a lot of Christians out there. Do not date them. Don't date them. Why? Because they're not pursuing godly character. They may have accepted God's forgiveness, but the direction of their life is nowhere you want to go. Or are you just dating in all the wrong places? And you're like, well, I can't do the godly thing. I'll never, I'll never meet anybody. I'll, ne I'll be alone the rest of my life. Oh, because you have the power to predict the future? How successful have you been at that in the past? How are you doing in your purity life, your sexual life? This, thing's, this, this, this sexual thing is really interesting. Because you're like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just down the middle doesn't really exist. You're either headed toward purity or you're headed toward slavery. 
you're either headed toward becoming more and more modest or you're becoming less and less modest. How about your entertainment? You're feeding your heart and your mind? Are you waiting for the church to give you a rule about what you can and cannot watch so you can go, oh, I don't agree? (laughs) Is that what you're waiting for? Because we're not going to give you that rule. And neither is Jesus. Because that's not the question. The question is, are you headed toward feeding my heart and my mind with that which is good or poisoning my heart and my mind? And it tends to work the more you poison it the more you like the poison. It tends to work. The more, the more you feed it, the more you like healthy. How about relationships? Are you growing together? Is, is that what your relationships are about? I want, I'm, I'm about growing together. Or do you walk alone? This is how a walk alone person does it. They face a temptation. They face an opportunity. They face trouble. And they go, I choose that one. They follow that path. And after they're down the path a little bit, then they go to their friends and they go, this is where I am. What do you think? What should I do? It's too late, guys. You pick the, you pick the path all alone. Well, I should be able to make, I'm an adult. I should be able to make my own decisions. How many of you would love to be six six years old again and mom makes the decision? Life would be so good. Adults don't make their own decisions. Adults go, I'm not going to trust myself to make this decision. I am going to follow a path. I'm going to find out what God has to say, and I'm going to find out from somebody else what they think about that, how I would apply that. Then I'm going to make my decision. I'm walking together, not alone. This is going to be a terrific series. When you go home this week, would you find somebody to bring back with you? This clearly is super practical. This is something anybody can grab a hold of. If they don't believe in Jesus at all, the principle is still true. It's something they can grab a hold of. And it's something you can grab a hold of. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. We're not all alone. We're not, we're not in a world where just trouble and, and all these things just come and wash us all over the place and there's nothing we can do about it and, and, and we have no idea what's going to happen. Thank you. That's not true. And Lord, I pray that as we begin to work through this series that people will be able to grab a hold of the fact that we need to stop looking for the fix We need to start looking for direction. Help us to to see the beauty of heading in a direction that will actually take us where we want to go. Lord, I pray for each each heart in here that, that throughout this series, they will come to the conclusion, God must really love me to teach these principles to me, to give his life so I could experience these principles. At the very least, Lord, help them to see they're not alone. 
and it's not hopeless. We can always change our direction. In your name we pray. Amen.